millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ano sa tingin nyo ang nag-udyok sa inyo no? sa desisyong paggamit ng bawal na gamot? No? In Tayuman, in Manila, is the Arnold Janssen Kalinga Center. This is a small center for homeless people. Kalinga is Filipino for shelter or protection, a safe space. Over the course of former President Rodrigo Duterte's six-year war on drugs, Kalinga became a haven not only for the homeless and street dwellers. Father Flavi Villanueva says some of the people they sheltered happened to be recovering drug users too. Ano ang nag-udyok sa bawat isa? Mamaya meron ako mga tanong tulad ng ano natutunan? We visited one day. Father Flavi was leading a group of people in reflections. Ano yung pinagkaiba sa karanasan niya at karanasan mo? Ang dadala na aral. They let us listen in. Makinig tayo. Ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. If you're joining us just now, we are in Episode 6 in Season 2 of Tukhang sa Tukhang. I'm Gideon Lasco, editor of the book Drugs and Philippine Society, which came out two years ago with the Ateneo de Manila Press. Gideon and I are taking stock of the Philippine government's war on drugs. How far former President Rodrigo Duterte had taken all of us, and how much further and in which direction his successor, President Bongbong Marcos, and the rest of Philippine society are looking to go. In the past episodes, we look at the unforgiving, judgmental attitude of President Duterte and his leaders as they started, waged, and sold that war. Alam ito nagadruga, automatic kasi sila nagino. Kasi ang ilang pamilya masira niya. Ilang pamilya ang sinira ng mga animal na to. Playing to societal biases and long-standing tropes, Duterte often said that to be a drug user, a drug addict, is to be irredeemable. He saved his harshest words and actions for drug peddlers, but often he also simplistically cast drug users as hopeless and lost causes. Ngayon, pag nasira na yan, karamihan wala na, Wala ng pagkain. Ang mga ano natin, ito, na naman. Sa... But buried and lost in all the violence that Duterte unleashed is something that most overlook. Drug users recover. Madalas, actually. Kadalasan. Recoveries are more common than you might think. center. <laughs> There were many already at Kalinga Center in Bumisita kami. 
A welcoming station up front asks for their information. In one corner of the room, there's a small circle, a group. They were in a processing session. Father Flavi says processing comes before prayers, before meals. On the other side of the room, there's a kitchen table. Women and children are lining up for hot meals. Inside, there are shower stalls. People emerging from them are given free clothes and towels donated by the community. So, narinito ang tatlong kaibigan natin. Tawagin natin siyang Nanay Lori, 48 years old. We're not using her real name for her own privacy and protection. Dali rin pong hook sa drugs. But now I can say na I'm healed. Masasabi ko na yung naging mitya nung paggamit ko. Nung nawalan ako ng trabaho kasi pakaramdam ko wala na akong silbe. A friend later told her drugs could ease her pain. Sa makakaramdam ng sakit, di ka atakihin. <laughs> For years, she was hooked on Shabuk until she found herself at rock bottom. Tapos isang beses na lang parang nagising ako parang tapos kailangan ko na magalungkat ng basura para kumain. Nangalakal po ako. Tapos, ah, uh, pinakamasakit po doon yung nakita, nakita ko yung anak ko na parang wala na rin po silang, wala, wala silang kinakain. <laughs> Kasi nga po, uh, iniintindi ko lang yung tarili ko at yung, yung kung ano yung gusto ko. It's not a simple thing, the whole story of how she fell into drugs, nor the whole other long story of how she got out of it. The truth is, that story continues. But the thing to emphasize at this point is this. She got out. More to the point, she decided to get better. Para bigla ko po naisip na, ngayon na ba ako kawalang kwentang tao? Dumuktong na lang po yung na-realize ko na kailangan na po pala ako ng mga anak ko. Among the homeless sheltered by Kalinga, and particularly among those who had fallen into drug abuse and dependency, this was not an uncommon story. Recovery and the journey to recovery was often enough an internally driven decision. President Duterte's war on drugs would make you think that fear and outside threats are the ultimate forces for abandoning drugs. But very often, these recovering homeless said it was their own awakenings, often painful, desperate, and rude, yes, but personal and self-actualized nonetheless, that truly made the difference. Ako, nag-start ako na namahook sa drugs. 14 years old. Yun yung nag-rebelde ako kasi galit ako sa mama ko eh. Dahil pinabayaan niya ako noon. Uh, ang stepfather ko yung nagpalaki sa akin. Na siyang This is Charlie. Again, not his real name. Charlie is 50 years old now. He talks about a broken family. The anger, resentment, and rebellion that seeded in him. How he got into drugs. So, yung curious ako, tinry ko hanggang sa... Pumasok ako sa isang bar na yung mga girls doon eh, nagtitake ng tablets, syrup, capsule. So, ako yung pinababiyahin nila. So, doon din ako nung nakatikim ng shabu. Ano na ako lang, 16 years old. 
So, hanggang sa nagtuloy-tuloy na siya, so hindi ko na siya ano, maawat, hanggang sa yung pumasok na sa trabaho ko. Tapos mga nakasama ko rin, ano, mga nagtitake ng drugs, bago kami mag-perform, kasi performer ako before, bago kami mag-perform, kailangan nakatake kami ng drugs. So, bago ako magtumutong ng stage, shot-shot muna kami. Hanggang sa lumala ng lumala, nawala na ako ng trabaho, tapos nag-pandemic, nawala na ako ng bahay. Wala akong pang-upa. Natira ako sa kalye. Pero nung dumating ako sa punto na ayoko ng ganito yung puro ganito nila ba mangyayari sa buhay ko. Reggie was homeless once too. Driven there by the same forces and dependencies Lori and Charlie related. Ang nagtulak po sa akin siya sa mga kaibigan ko na alikasama ka. Gumamit tayo para makalimutan yung problema. Now, he has not only recovered. Isa po ako po sa volunteer po sa Kalinga Center. Ako po yung nagpapakain sa mga katulad ko rin po. Dati po ako naging homeless. Sa labas po rin po ako dati. Ngayon po, ako naman po yung tumutulong po sa kanila. He is a volunteer at the Kalinga Center himself. Kasi wala na pong buhay kapag uh, tinuloy-tuloy ko pa po yun eh. Isa lang po ang nagudyok sa akin na itigil ko po yung Panginoong Diyos. Hindi niya pa ako nakakalimutan na itigil mo yan kasi mapapasama ka lang lalo sa mga kaibigan mo. Kaya yung simula na napasok ako sa Kalinga, Naintu ko na po yun. At may nagsabi po sa akin isang madre na bakit mo kailangan pang magbisyo samantalang nakakapag-aral ka naman, nagagawa mo yung gusto mo sa sarili mo. Ang sinasabi naman nilang kailangan nakatira, nakainom para may kumpiyansa. Impluensya ng barkada para matanggap ng barkada. No? Malimutan ang problema kapag nakatira. Kung isipin natin, totoo naman to eh. Di ba? Totoo naman na kapag uh, tumira, lalo na kung isang gramo yung titirahin mo, o kung ikaw yung nakainom, medyo may kumpiyansa ka sa sarili, uh, totoo namang... May quote-unquote dinudulot eh na aliw, limot. Pero ano ang naging masama sa kanya? Nawala lang tiwala lahat sa akin. Yun ang pinakamahirap. Yung bang lalapit ka para manghingi ng pagkain, walang tiwala, hindi ka bibigyan ng pera kasi bakit pambili ko lang ng alam. Kasi ang hirap po ng buhay ng... Dati po nung nasakali ako, ang hirap ng buhay. Kasi ang mission ko lang nun, mga lakal, hindi lahat ng bagay may pera ka. O hindi, sa sarili ko lang inintindi ko. Makakain lang ako sa araw-araw, kahit totong. Basta may sabol lang po, okay na po sa amin eh. Pagka may pera ako, dami kong kaibigan. Pero pag wala na akong pera, wala akong malapitan. The important point here, Robbie, is the agency people have in their own recovery. 
one thing we must reject in the war on drugs is the insidious and dangerous message that you need a brutal outside force to affect change in people. These stories of Lori, Richard, and Charlie, they testify that actually, if you give people knowledge and guidance and also space and time, they can actually decide for themselves. And studies bear this out. Itong sinabi natin that actually people do recover, it's more common than we think. Do we have data on that? Wait, what does the research actually tell us about the ability of people to be rehabilitated? Well, in the first place, Robbie, marami tayong mga gumagamit ng drugs that they don't actually need recovery at all. They were never problematic. This is something that we discussed in one of the previous episodes that a vast majority of people who use drugs are not actually dependent on drugs. There's such a thing as a casual drug user. According to UNODC data, up to 87% or 90% of people who use drugs don't run into any kind of problems, meaning to say that they don't harm themselves or they don't harm other people. They don't get into criminal behavior or they don't have these health consequences. We're not making any distinctions here in terms of the potency of the drug, the, um, of the contraband, right? or We're not making distinctions here between anywhere from the entire spectrum of marijuana to shabu to cocaine to heroin. Not at all. But that's not emphasized because we conflate part of the stereotypes we're challenging and interrogating is the conflation between drug use, drug dependence, drug abuse, drug addiction, all of these terms as well as drug user, drug addict, parang pare-pareho na lang sila. And Duterte and other government officials, politicians, are guilty of that conflation. Kasi the data of PIDEA that says 8 million or 6 million uh, lifetime drug users, it, it gets conflated into people saying there's millions of addicts. When in fact, all that means... Yung lifetime drug user na yon, all that means is someone's ever tried drugs at least once in their life. Is there a distinction there when it comes to the economic demographics? Part of the stereotype and the archetype that people have of problematic drug use is, you know, they imagine, especially in impoverished communities, and they can probably imagine casual drug users among the middle class and among the the rich. Right. But, diba, our, ang stereotype natin is pagka sa mahirap, iba yan. Diba? Uh-oh. Yan yung, yung tinatawag Uh-oh. ni Duterte na addict. May distinction ba dun? Well, we don't have data that's quantitative data. But, what we know from, in, in, including in, from my own research, what I've found working with these communities is that many of them are actually economically dependent on drugs, but they're not addicted in, in the medical sense or in the biomedical sense of the word na compulsive addict na wala na sa isip. No. They use drugs because they need it to work, to function in terms of yung pag-usapan din natin before na pampagilas, pampagising. Some of them do participate in the drug trade, so kanap buhay nila yung drugs. Pero they're not actually yung 
image of the addict na dangerous and out of control. But there are people, katulad nito, sila Lori, sila Charlie, they did become dependent. Now, dun, when people do get to that point, what does the research show? Do they recover? Do they have a chance at, at recovery? And how, how accessible is that chance? Well, the problem now we have is because precisely because of this very criminalized, very punitive policy environment, many of these individuals don't know how to seek help. And mas lalong lumalala yung kanilang dependency. All these problems get worse. They're afraid that they might be jailed or they might be penalized, even killed for their drug dependency. So, mas lalo silang hindi nakakuha ng tulong. And that makes it even more difficult. It's precisely the stereotypes about them that make them not able to access the services they need. It drives them to isolation. It drives them underground. Now that we know this, now that we are more aware of what the data actually says, how should policy and interventions change? Father Flavi says the answer should be obvious. I would like to look at it in different facades, you know, beginning with understanding the problem of substance abuse. That is, uh, it's a mental issue. It's a health issue. Therefore, it has to be addressed and approached towards such platforms. Meaning to say, we create avenues for healing instead of using the bullet. We create more rehabilitations instead of putting them in sacks or using a mask and tape para balutan ang kanilang mga muka. Ano? Uh, we... Gideon, there's something here that we have not yet let listeners in on. About Father Flavi's point, about his advocacy, but equally important about his own authority to speak. You see, Gideon, Father Flavi isn't just talking rehab, redemption, agency, all of these, as a therapist, as a priest on a mission to save lives and souls. Father Flavi, Gideon, he is a recovered, rehabilitated drug user. Drug abuser pa nga, he said. To use a word that we've used for decades and that we explored in the last two episodes. Addict. So, si Father Flavi mismo, gumagamit dati. A whole nine yards except heroin. And uh, we did took some coke. But I never had the liking for it because it was for the rich men. And uh, I knew that uh, following that road would be the end of my own. Mm. So I, I settled with, prior to methamphetamine, we had capsules, we had syrups, we had tablets. Mm. They were very beautiful memories, acid uh, from time to time. And uh, yeah, uh, the whole nine yards except those with needles. There was a void within. I only grew up with... One and all of this is Father Flavi's own testimony. He understands the desperation and the emptiness in the voids that lead people to drugs. He refers to himself as a wounded healer because, in his words, 
he's been through it all. Ang nag-ujok sa akin ay yung kapaligiran ko, yung tinatawag na environment. Dahil meron ako mga pinsang gumagamit, ay napagamit ako. Pero bukod doon ay ginusto ko rin. Ano? Dahil masaya yung barkada sa labas uh, at gumagamit din sila sa labas. So gumaya ako. Gumaya ako. Like many who started using, his reasons were deeply personal. And they had more to do with his circumstances than his morality. I might have a house, but it was not a home. I might have parents and a sister, but relationships were very broken. I might have a job, a good one that is, but I was definitely broke and even in debt. I might have a beautiful someone, but I was cheating on her. And my drug use and drug intake was, of course, definitely getting worse than better. I've hit rock bottom in 1996. And because of this rock bottom, I recognize that I am in need of help and would need to shape up or ship out of my current life. Only then can I say that new life begins. You know? When you talk about new life, one has to recognize the current life that the person is at at that very present moment. He therefore has one message for those in power. Hope is real. Merong tinatawag na pag-asa. At itong pag-asa ay maisasalamin lamang, makikita lamang kapag mayroong mga taong handang tumayang magsalamin. Na... Father Flavi says his own journey is all the insight he needs when tending to the widows and orphans left by the Duterte administration's anti-drug campaign. I would like to believe that my life is a witness that addiction can be treated once opportunities are provided. But if we refuse to believe that these are people needing opportunities and care, these are people who, when guided, can still change their lives, then we are creating another culture of evil that will be passed, handed on, and even imbibed by the next generation. And once we have recognized, found ourselves in a contrite state, we have reflected about the possible scenario, the sins, the solutions, and then we stand up and start engaging and start rebuilding. So very happy because no, because no, pagkabuhay, nashakako na tumawag sa akin ang kapatid ko. Kaya ngayon, nakaka-video call ko na sila. So, mas lalong tumindi at uh, mas lalo ako nagpupursige ngayon na gusto kong magbago. Gusto kong makabawi sa pamilya ko. Sa akin po, ang kinakapitan ko lang, Panginoong Diyos, kasi ayaw ko nang mabalikan yung nakaraan. Mahirap po pagka binalikan ko yung mga, na, mga nakaraan ko eh. At bukod doon po sa Panginoon, ang aking pamilya, 
mga magulang, kapatid, yun siguro po, yun ang inuugot ang walang lakas na sana, huwag na po akong mabalik sa kalye. Kaya, siguro po yung pagkakataon na magkita po kami, gusto ko na pong makita sila at mayakap man lang. At para mabuo, uli yung pamilya ko. How grateful I am, dahil po sa inyo po. Kaya ako na tumayo at napanindigan ko. At pinangako sa sarili ko na you will be proud of me. At I will make a difference. Ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At ako naman po si Gideon Lasco. You've been listening to Tokhang sa Tokhang Season 2. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to Tokhang sa Tokhang on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And do share it with a friend. Maraming salamat po.